Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm Scott, your host, and I'm joined as always by Travis Morgan. And as it's turning out, as always, when it's to do with Man United, Naz, boys, ah, breathe. You've said Let's the perfect the... word, man, boys. <laughs> <laughs> men against boys. To men today. <laughs> oh, lads, I mean, for the neutral, that was a great, um, a great game to watch. Let's start right from the start, Travis. You tweeted, let's start with you. He wants a payoff. What on earth was Ten Hag doing with that lineup? I mean, where do I start with the lineup, man? I'm I'm not speechless because I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant of what I thought the lineup was about, but boy, when I saw Varan on the bench, Regulon on the bench, I mean, it just threw all of our predicted lineups out of the window. And then it got even worse when he said it was tactical, and I was like, what? What tactics could have potentially driven him to make those decisions? And like I said, the only one I could think of with the Lindelof at left-back was to stop the Haaland one far post, if if they stand it up to the far post. But Haaland scored one on the far post from that stood-up ball. Anana's made a brilliant save from another one. And I think there was another chance that came mm-hmm. in the far post. So that just had z- literally zero effect. He might as well have just put the regular left-back in. It literally had no effect. And... Lindelof struggled at left-back in the other games that he's played at left-back. Um, so why Tenag thought he was going to do well today just blows my mind. I just, I, it's The back four left me very uncomfortable, seeing Varane out of the team and stuff like that. Evans, Maguire, Lindelof, that was just a recipe for disaster in itself. And then you go on to the midfield, that was Amrabat, McTominay and Bruno. And it was, the, it was the midfield I expected him to go with anyway. That didn't really surprise me. Um, and obviously Ericsson was in there as well, Bruno on the right. So that element of it really did. Um, again, I thought he would go with some natural width. The fact that he was going to play on the counter-attack, I thought he'd want some at least some speed in wide areas. So the lineup for me was just a shocker. Um, and, and he didn't do himself any favours today um, in terms of the game plan and what he tried to do to try and wrestle control in that game. It's all well and good just putting an extra midfielder in there just to say you've got an extra midfielder in there. But if nobody knows what their jobs are, it doesn't matter how many midfielders you've got, especially against such an imperious outfit. I mean, the way City moved the ball in the second half was just absolutely outstanding. I can't get away from it. But just some of the decisions, which I'm sure I'm on to, the starting lineup was just the start of the disaster. And it just kept going on and on and on as the game went on. So, yeah, terrible start. Naz, what were you thinking? Obviously, we fired it in the group chat. And as a Liverpool fan, I was absolutely loving it. This had shades of, um, was it Rangnick or Oli? I think it might have been Rangnick. Started take, Phil take Jones. Take your pick, mate. He started Phil Jones at Anfield out of nowhere. He literally dug him up and put him in mm. at Anfield. And we slapped you 4-0, I think it was. On the same season, we beat you 5-0 at OT. That's what it felt like today. Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans sent about. Lindelof pushed out to the left. Um, to be fair, I don't know what to say. Mm. I just feel, I feel so deflated. Um, like Trav said, our predictions for the lineups were just completely blown out of the water. I saw that when you sent that Scott in the group chat. I thought you now you're having a laugh. I had to check. 
<laughs> Man thought it was, it was Photoshop. Really it? it was like it was unbelievable. I thought yeah. it was like a hoax or something. I couldn't. I thought you were literally joking. I thought you click on the link and something silly will pop up. And I was like, no. <laughs> you've gone with two extremely slow centre backs, and then you've got another centre back at left back who doesn't. He's like Bambi on ice. He can't sort his feet out. And every time the ball goes out to him, he lets it go across the body and then he cuts back onto his right. Why are you letting it go across your body? He's not tough. He's indecisive. He causes friction at the back in terms of everyone begins to panic. And then you go into midfield. I didn't want McTominay in there, but he was in there. Um, See, I've got I've got a thing about McTominay. I just if he's not I your just, best midfielder, who is? Do you know what? I said this before. I said it on uh, yesterday that you can't have Bruno out on the right. Your best player you can't have on the right. And then when I saw that, when you sent that message, I realised it was real. I just laughed. I knew the exact type of game we were going to get. Nothing. It's never it worked, good. has it? I don't know no, why he ever no, does it. It's never worked. I don't know why he thinks of it. I think last season it worked for about 20 minutes where Bruno crossed the ball in and I think Rashford scored. And that was it. Apart from that, I can't even remember what game that was, to be fair. We were just passed off the park. We made them, well, to be fair, can't even say made them look like prime Barcelona because they're playing like prime Barcelona for the past few years. Yeah. They, the amount of space that was in midfield, Scott McTominay went back as a CDM after Amrabat came out. I just don't even get me started on that point. That happened. Spaces were everywhere. Bernardo Silva ran that game. I think from the 25th minute on, wasn't he? Yeah, he was sensational. Sensational. And uh, no, I'm not not Tenaga out just yet. However, his decision-making is appalling. We're chasing a goal. He does his second substitution in the 70th minute and then brings on two more attackers with five minutes to go. We're not one nil down, mate. Yeah. We're two nil down. We're going to get to all this, Naz. We really have made a bit of a list, a mental list. Um, I mean, obviously, back to the lineup. Do you think Trav Ten Hag kind of seeing this? Not as what's the opposite of a gimme? A throwaway game. I know I'm going to get patterned up. Hmm. I'm not going to risk Varane. Uh, I'm not going to risk who was the other centre back? Evans. No. Oh, who was, who was the two on the bench? Uh, Regulon. I'm not going to risk Regulon. I'm not going to risk Varane. This is a bit of a throwaway game. I'm going to try and keep them fresh. They're just back from injury. What was he thinking? I think he was thinking it was Halloween and he wanted to scare his kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the only thing I can think of, mate, because that lineup petrified me, mate. Like, I can't put it down to anything else. Like, it was dreadful. Like, and I don't want to just say it was the back four. Like you said, the balance on the right with Bruno there as well. There's just no cohesion to anything that we do. I thought, I mean, like you said, we'll come on to individual performances. I thought Anana kept kept the score down. Like he really did. It could have been easily five or six. And I think City were coasting in the first half, really. It was almost a little bit too easy for them in the second half. And they 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 really could have went for the jugular, but they didn't. But yeah, the lineup, the, the, I, I literally can't explain what I think Tenag was thinking with that lineup, why he went with Evans and um over Varane. I, I just don't understand that. And the thing is as well, if you want to say it's sort of light at the end of the tunnel and there's a little bit of that 
Veron and Maguire had actually been playing okay together. Not outstanding, but as a partnership, they'd played the last couple of games. I know I'm clutching at straws a little bit, but it just wasn't the game to like start tweaking with the bat line and stuff. Like I just don't understand it. You're playing against the best striker in the league, without a shadow of a doubt, the best front line with Alvarez. Like they've been outstanding this season. I know Grealish come in and he hasn't been playing all the time, but you're playing against the best team in the league and you change your back line. It didn't make any sense. And like the again, with the four midfield players playing in there, what are you trying to achieve? Don't just put an extra midfielder in there for the sake of it. Like I would have rather had a natural winger on the right hand side who could have given us a little bit more threat on the counter-attack. When we won the ball back, we've got more chance of putting in a good cross or or getting a shot on goal. But we just had four midfielders just running around like headless chickens. There's just nothing to what we're doing at the moment. And I'm not seeing a plan under what Tanag's doing at all. And if you are going to chuck in an extra midfielder, Naz, you don't put Ericsson in, do you? Especially no. after what happened in the FA Cup final. That was pretty much the end of his United career, that game. And now he's starting at OT against Man City. But do you think it's conceivable that Ten Hag waved the white flag Ethan, and thought, oh, this is just a game I'm not going to win? Do you know what? The more you guys are saying it, the more it feels like it is because Maguire Varane seems to be building a partnership there and they look pretty decent. And then you've gone and put a 35-year-old who, to be fair, my 85-year-old grandkid's got more movement than he has. <laughs> and I was just like, it was... Mate, it, it just hurt. Like, just seeing that, the way everything was set up, the personnel that he used, it seemed like he had just been like, oh, do you know what? We're worrying more about the Newcastle game on on Wednesday and we'll go for a trophy with that. Wrong mentality. Complete wrong mentality. Our league form is atrocious. And I'm not even lying when I say this, Trav, you can check it. We've mm. got more yellow cards this season than we've scored goals. Yeah, <laughs> Any the thing is, I thought I thought we were going to lose this game anyway. But any glimmer of hope, the most optimistic United fan had, saw that lineup and thought, forget it. It was gone like, before it even kicked off. Well not watched the game. Like you just knew how the pattern of the game was going to go, how the game was going to go, what the score was going to be. Like I called three 0 before the game started, but you just knew the game was going to be like it was. Like, did we have a, a period in the game apart from the first? eight minutes where you thought United could score. We had a couple of half chances from turnovers and that, but there wasn't really a sustained period of like 15, 20 minutes where you thought Man City were on the back four. That should never be happening in the game at Old Trafford of that magnitude against anyone, even Man City, as good as they are. We should still have a game plan that allows us to have 15, 20 minutes in a game where City are panicking a little bit about conceding. And it was so easy for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyone that they bought in and uh, off the bench, it was just that they'd relax. Like I'm seeing Tenor, I'm seeing Guardiola even on the side in the game at 1 0 or even 2 0, start of the second half, still at 2 0, barking orders on the side, orchestrating, coaching his team through the game, like making sure they're staying on top of things. I'm looking in my news dugout and everyone looks lost. That is the feeling I get. It looks lost. It looks like they have not got a clue what's going on. And it's just like, like you said, Scott, they, they just seem a little bit like resigned to the fact that, oh, it's City. We're going to get, we're going to get battered anyway. Let's just 
let's just forget it. Let's just go out with a whimper. It's like this, like you said, defeatist mentality, going out with a whimper. And it's just poor, like, all around for the United fans who were there watching the game, supporting the club. And it's just like you've got no chance before the, as the game's unravelling. It's just disgusting to see. Um, obviously, I mentioned the Anfield game when Rangnick, I think, sure, it was Rangnick, played Phil Jones and it was almost like waving the white flag, admitting defeat before a ball had been kicked. It had that air of it today. But let's get straight on to the game. The first incident, Naz, you've made your feelings clear in the group chat. The penalty was a disgrace. It was a, a non-penalty. My feelings are, I said I'll save it for the poddy, obviously, so it's authentic. It was a penalty. However, if you're going to give them, you've got to give them all the time like that. And that's what they don't do. So for that reason, it wasn't a penalty. Because you'll yeah. see one next week exactly the same, and it won't be a penalty. So the yeah. consistency isn't there. But if you look at the isolated incident there, that was a penalty. He stopped him getting to where the ball was going. However, but if I you can go guarantee few... next week it won't be given in a different game. I agree. But if you go a few frames back just before the penalty was taken, um, I think it was Guardiola. He was blocking Maguire for Rodri to run around the back. So instantly, a free kick should have been called there. But I'm clutching at straws. It did look like a free kick, in my opinion. It would have been a free kick even as soon as the ball was kicked. However, that penalty, if you're like you said, if you're going to give it for that incident, then I'm vindicated when I was ranting to Trav a few, um, actually a couple of months back, about the Arsenal one, where Gabriel had his arms all over Hoyland. Why, why is that any different? You've wrestled him, but your arm's gone completely round his front to his back. So yeah, why is that? Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, next week, week after, whatever game, even on the midweek games, we are going to see those types of fouls or um, jostling, and it's not going to be given. So why all of a sudden is it being given at Old Trafford? Um, I don't like Michael Oliver. He's a VAR, and he's always made some very, very strange decisions in big games. Very strange. Um, it almost stinks like Mike Dean when he used to make himself a centre of attention. That's how I feel towards some of these referees at the moment. However, something needs to get done because there's no standard of refereeing. And if we're giving away free kicks, penalties for every little jostle, then be consistent and do it throughout. Don't pull it up when, as and when it suits you. Do and it when it benefits Man City, Naz, oh, yeah, as a Liverpool <laughs> fan, I've got to say that. I'm sick, I mean, of, it. I mean, sick anything, of it. If you're going to give it, give it for anything. Because you can't, at the moment, you can't even blow on someone without them falling over. And it's questionable if it's going to be checked by VAR. A few seasons ago, we were allowed to tackle. You can't, can't tackle anymore unless you're 100% getting the ball. The game's evolved and changed. And to be fair, these decisions need to be... They need to be vindicated because from what we're seeing, the inconsistent the only thing that the referees are good at is consistently being inconsistent. Yeah. And that's that's what should change and be held accountable. I personally think we should start looking at referees from other leagues. There's 100%. the guy that was there's a guy Amen. From, yeah, there's a guy from the French league. Um he held, he did a Champions League game. I think it was against uh, the United Copenhagen one. And he also did the Champions League final. He was absolutely brilliant. Why are we not trying to approach these types of referees? Or at least get some training from foreign countries on how they train the referees oh, yeah. and stuff. Because, like, it's the arrogance. Like, what I don't like about referees over here is that they don't feel they have to explain the decisions and they get a lot of protection. 
Yeah, that's just the policy, isn't it? More yeah. policy to protect these awful. Yeah, but decisions. they should be doing more. They should be coming out, doing interviews, explaining decisions. Just be really Definitely. transparent. I think it would build a lot of trust with like the fan base and pundits and the people viewing the games and stuff. Just come out and explain. I mean, my thoughts on the penalty is that, like, it is a little bit naive. Like you said, you see it all the time. Like, like you said, if you give one, you got to give the rest. But just don't drag him. He's got. It's got to be some header to score from there. Do you know what I mean? He's about 13, 14 yards out. He's not. He's going to have to put it in the top corner. It's just that little bit of know-how. I mean, Hoyland's a young lad. Do you know what I mean? Just like mm -hmm. playing his trade now. But if you just leave him and let him have the adder, Anana probably just catches it and it's just job done. Do you know what I mean? Really, in hindsight. But when, when things are going off in the thick of it, like you said, there's blocks going on. People are tugging. Do you know what I mean? Getting away with stuff, stamping on people's toes. You've been there. It happens a lot. So just to pinpoint one thing out of a like a fracas of stuff going on in the box is quite harsh on United. Um, I wouldn't say it changed the course of the game. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, like you said, the result was always coming. But yeah, I think, we, like you said, it just highlights another inconsistent episode from VAR, really. And I, th I do think that referees, sorry, Trav, there, yes, um, shouldn't have a second job in another country. Meaning, I don't know half. I don't know if you guys know half of the uh, FA referees go and referee during the week or on the weekends when we yep. don't have a picture in the UAE. Naz, why? Naz, who gets paid for that? That's what I want to know. Does who the, gets paid for what? For for them going and doing that, do they I get that money both... personally in their bank, yep. or yep. is that through the FA? Are the I FA pimping it... our refs out there? I think it's a bit of both. They get paid directly, it's but with the agreement. With the agreement of the FA, and I presume these referees, when they're doing it, it's like a locum doctor. You're self-employed for a certain amount of time. You can do a little bit of your NHS work, which would be the Premier League, FA Cup, Community Shield, and Carabao Cup, and then you can go and do something outside in your own time. That's all. No, one, no wonder these refs have got this air of arrogance. They think yeah. they're celebrities. They're like rich, rich little men now, mm -hmm. coming back with the arrogance, thinking. They're more important than the two teams on the park. It's these yeah. rest yeah, six figures anyway, and they still want more. I think there should be something Aesthetic. put in place. It's really bad because the standard of refereeing across the whole of the Premier League is shocking. Yeah, we get better decisions in the Championship. It's getting it's getting worse as well. That's the yeah. thing. And no one's been held accountable. That's yeah. it. So it was a penalty. No one ever thought Harlem would miss. Let's be honest. No. Um, let's move on to McTominay's shot. I mean, how's your luck? You must have thought it was one each there and then. Anywhere outside the foot where it actually went and it's a goal. It was so fast, so close. Great strike. Edison got lucky. Great reflex save. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking nothing away from him. But anywhere outside of foot of where it went and that's a goal, one each. He's probably our biggest goal threat at the moment. Not <laughs> yeah. He genuinely is. He looks like he's, he's the only one that's going to score at the minute. Um, like you said, he doesn't always add the midfield elements that he does, and he's, he is quite limited as as a as a regular starter. I think he he's he's happy to be a squad player at United. He wants to play games. He's getting a chance now, and he's doing okay. Nothing outstanding, um, but I don't think it's like the be all and end all or the reason that we're not sort of performing or picking on points. I think it's definitely a team structural issue. I mean, everybody's suffering performance-wise. But yeah, it was a great strike. He took it well. He, technically, McTominay is really good when it comes to finishing and having chances on goal. 
whenever the ball arrives at his chest or his thigh or his foot, he always seems to control it or cushion it in the right place so he can get the strike off well. And he struck it well. Like I said, either side of Edison is in a lot more trouble. But yeah, it was a good strike just on the stroke of half time. And that would have been quite a big boost to us. We mentioned on the previous well, Naz, about um, for a derby like this, playing local lads. I mean, McTominay, this was tailor-made for him. It really was. Um, I just think for him, when he got that shot away, I thought, OK, we're, we're getting back in a little bit. I know it's towards the end of the half, getting back in, big second half needed. And then he got shifted position to play the deeper role, who's, where he's not comfortable collecting the ball with his back to goal turning and passing it. He's not. If the ball's Why fired, did he made that sub, bro. You okay, explain it, was... it. Why did he take Amrabat off? Was Amrabat injured? He must have been. Nah, I don't know. I heard a lot, but I didn't. I don't was think he injured. I listened to Tenor then... post match, and he said because he wanted like more creativity with Mount. That's literally it. That's the only but reason. If he gave. that's the case, then you take off Ericsson because Ericsson hardly got on the ball in the first half mm. for that very reason, for being creative, getting the outlet. <laughs> maybe to the wings, maybe to Hoyland really quickly. He was nullified. So take him out and bring someone else in that's got a bit more mobility that moves. I think our main problem is our midfield just does not move. It's static. Mm. And they want the ball there. You watch City. Go and just watch after the 10th, 10th minute or so. All okay. City players are interchanging. They're constantly interchanging, moving. They're always on the run. I'm not saying I want that. I just want some movement. Yeah, yeah. Move, give an option. How, how long do City's defenders hold the ball for compared to United's? United's have it for about 23, 24 seconds on average in a build-up play. City's, play. City's one, go back and forth a couple of times, and then the ball's gone. United's is very, very slow. It's extremely slow build-up, and it doesn't work. We haven't got uh, good ball-playing centre-backs at the moment. Our midfield, uh, like I said um, yesterday, that ball is like a hot potato. No one wants it. They just want to get rid of it straight away, and they don't care where it is. Bruno's been playing completely. Um, I can't swear on this, but Bruno's yeah. been playing absolute pants. Mm. Like he looks lost, and in the first half, towards the end, he was getting very frustrated and started lashing out. If your if your yeah. leader of that pack is lashing out in the first half, it to me I, a good example is it? Yeah, I knew the game Awful. was done. Mm. Awful. Right. Obviously, for rival fans, I watch that thinking, I'm so glad he's not in the Liverpool dressing room. He's yeah. not for me at all. Yeah. I can understand that. My, I've got a lot of friends that are Liverpool fans as well, and they've said the exact same thing. And I can't keep going back to stats all the time because stats can only get you so far. It's If you're watching this season, he's been shocking. And when you stats want are not even great up, anymore, are they? Yeah. God, no. When you want your leader to stand up and grab that game by the scruff of the neck and just pull it forward. Get your team going. He's not even geeing the team up. It seems like complaining. And then um, Arabat comes in, gets a silly yellow card in the first half. Uh, Garnacho is trying to wrestle away. Anthony comes in. Mate, you've been on for about six minutes and you're already looking for a fight. <laughs> it's like, come on. Seriously, it was I mean, brilliant, Doku wasn't it? Yeah, I felt Doku sorry for Doku because oh, um, I did. they had I two did. two chops at him, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And I, I felt Doku. I felt bad for Doku. And I think, to be fair, if someone lashed out like that, I'm surprised he didn't get a red card. I would not have complained. 
I didn't like I didn't like that from United at the end. We lost no. our heads loads. Last 10 <laughs> minutes, we were trying to smash into people and hacking yeah. and stuff. It was like so petulant. We just so like a class, spoiled. isn't it? Yeah, spoiled little brats. It was bad. Yeah. What Bruno was on it, Anthony was on it, everyone was doing it, just trying to yeah. smash into people. It was just like really, really bad to, bad to see. And like you said, it was just against a team like that. If you've not got a plan out of possession you just end up chasing shadows. They might as well have put running spikes on, like literally yeah. just ran all game, like chasing people. And we struggled. It was similar in some ways to the Brighton game with just as not as much quality. Like we just ran around for long periods, like just half chasing the ball, knowing that you're not going to get it back. That must be the most demoralising feeling. Chasing the ball, knowing you're not going to get it back. And I, I actually felt sorry. I'm not just pinning the blame solely on Ten Hag, but I felt I did feel for, sorry for the players a little bit in the end, like towards the like, last 10 minutes. Not because I thought they were they played well and they were unlucky or anything. I just thought we're just miles off the standard we need to be. Like, I can't even envisage how much work needs to be done with that squad and behind the scenes to get United to even think about being in a title race. This could this could genuinely take four, five, six years, minimum, rebuild, manager, a bit of infrastructure, some of this squad needs chopping out. Like, again, like bombing our own signings. And Scott said it with a Casemiro thing. He's not even playing now. He's not even playing his own signings, bro. Mount's on the bench. Well, Jamie Carragher just made a good point just before we come on. We used watching it, him and uh, Gary Neville and Carragher were going at it. And he said, Ten Hag come in and he bought, I know he was free, but he bought Casemiro and Ericsson. Within 12 months, he replaced them two with Amrabat and Mount. He said, that is not what a big club does. Mm -hmm. I know, and Sabitz are on loan, like... We've had so I don't I don't know, man. The recruitment's dead at United. Like whoever's responsible for it, whether that's the manager, the scouts, do you know what I mean? The the the, the actual recruitment model, well, I call it a model. Is there a model? What is the model? It changes all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like there's elements of it that are really good. Like I like the Hoyland signing, young potential developing, but he's not in an environment that's gonna develop him. Do you know what I mean? He's got Wingers that don't really look to cross the ball. Let's be honest, Rashford, he gets it. He's not really looking to pick people out naturally. He's, a, he's more of an inside forward. But in your makeup of your wingers, you've got to have one that likes to cross it or likes to find people. Like with City, they've got Doku and Grealish. They will get their head up. They look to find people in the box. Little balls stood up to Hoyland, um, Harland and stuff. And then they've got players that can just go by people and blitz people. They've got a mixture and a variety, and that's how your squad's made up. I look at United, and it's just like Anthony likes to cut inside and curl it. Rashford likes to cut inside. Garnacho, yes, he's got that bit of different... He's got that different element to him, but he doesn't play enough. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't get enough starts because he doesn't drop Rashford enough. So it's like... He's just creating his own problems for me. Like he's, I'm not saying the squad's complete, but you, you can definitely be utilizing it better than he's doing. That's what my opinion is. I thought Naz was no. getting up to leave there. I thought he'd heard enough. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I, I totally agree with Trav. I mean, like you said, our wingers aren't crossing it. I don't know if you saw. Um, I can't remember which game it was. I think it might have been the Sheffield United game. The, I yeah. think they took Hoyland off in one of the games and then they started crossing the ball. I was like, are you kidding me? 
<laughs> you've got like a six foot three, six foot four guy there, muscly built to fight Take off. Take Hoyland off and the then put up. on Steve Guppy and Stuart Down and start firing and like, crosses. Yeah, you're firing crosses in now. It's like, what? What is going yeah. on? And like I've said, you've got a mix of wingers, ones that's going to cut back and cut it in, and then the other ones are going to cross it in. Now, City do that really well. United, like Rashford, seems to want to cut in and take a shot from 25 yards, like he's throwing a bowling ball down the alley, trying to get in between all the, the pins to go yeah. for goal. Um, what, and then Anthony comes in, and that limp shot that he takes on his left, I have no... He just like likes to caress it into the corner. Sometimes you need to just whip it in and see what happens. Yeah, It's no harm in doing that. Now, I do think... United need to start. I mentioned it yesterday. You need to start playing the youngsters. Palestri is great at coming in, and he goes on the outside of the defenders. He he will sometimes go to the byline and cross it in, but along the ground, or then he'll whip in across. I think it's time that we stop hiding these players or uh, protecting them or whatever Ten Hag's doing. I don't even know these days, and get these youngsters in there. Let them catch up with the pace of the Premier League. Let them go for it. I think it's time Palestri actually starts on the right to get something in because the cohesion up front is non-existent. Rashford doesn't pass to Hoyland. Hoyland doesn't pass to Rashford. There's no crosses coming in that are of any danger to anyone. There were countless amount of times today, there were two or three chances where we could have actually passed the ball really quick. Ericsson held onto the ball for way too long and got tackled. And like, where do you start with this? Where do you dismantle him from? We're obviously going to deep dive into it, maybe not on this potty, but we're going to have lots of Man United potties. But to get a little bit deep, how much of this is Ten Hag's fault? Because Gary Neville was just slagging off the hierarchy again. And, you know, they're great to watch. Carragher was like, you can't blame the Glazers. This is Monday to Friday on the training field. What is he drilling into them? What is he training? What's his shape? What's his philosophy? And like, obviously get all that. There's a certain amount. Of course, there's going to be unrest. But at the same time, how much of this is on Teng Hag, this lack of kind of drive, motivation, shape, passion even? Is all that the shape, on Teng Hag? Yeah, all the shape and stuff. Like, it's got to be. Like, if you look at the, like you said, fullbacks, what do our fullbacks do from an offensive point of view? Like, Liverpool have got a few inside forwards, like Salah and stuff, and like to cut in and stuff like that. But... Trent and Robertson, they're so they they offer the whip. Do you know what I mean? They they're the ones the crosses. the crosses and stuff. They're the ones. But what do our fullbacks do? Like Lindelof's obviously gonna do that, not gonna do that because he's right footed for a start and he's not a fullback. So that's a problem in itself. I do think we miss Luke Shaw from an offensive standpoint, without a shadow of a doubt. He's so important for us. But like the model just shouldn't die, like like just die and just fall to bits the moment you get a couple of injuries. Do you know what I mean? We brought Regulon in as an emergency left-back because we had two left-backs out. And against arguably the best opposition we're going to play, he's not playing. Like, I just, like, he can't, like, that's got to be down to him. Like, no, no, none of the hierarchy picks the team. Do you know what I mean? He's not picking the right team, let alone the tactics. Like, Mason Mount, Number seven shirt, 60 million. Been on the bench the last four games. Like, for no reason, really. Like, he's not... He's got 
Bruno on the right. Bruno's never really been a right winger or played on the right. Mount's played that position umpteen times at Chelsea, like wide off the right or in central areas as an attacking player. Just play him. Like Fergie used to do it. He used to bench Rooney sometimes in big Champions League games because it was for the sake of the team. He used to play Welbeck up front on his own and Ronaldo, like or Ronaldo on his own or whatever. Like not always the best players make the best team. And at the moment, we're just not picking the right lineups for a start. So, yeah, a, a massive portion of blame is on Tanag and his staff. It has to be. There's no other way to put 100%. it. Yeah. Um, just back to the game. So, obviously, it looked like Haaland was going to make it 2-0 and had that Anana wonder save. I mean, props to Anana. That was amazing. Uh, yeah. Although Haaland probably could have done better. I don't know if you've seen the theatrics of Pep. And Haaland at full time, he was almost telling him where to head in. It was like Carragher and that were having a laugh, being like, it's all for the cameras. Roy Keane was even saying it. But then obviously he made no mistake to make it 2-0, almost a carbon copy. Dan Mannion at his right-hand side. Grealish and Foden, was it, linking up? Bernardo. Bernardo, Yeah, Bernardo. Yeah, yeah, and he made no mistake. And unfortunately, uh, played uh, a free hit and took Haaland out on FPL team. I've missed out on two goals and an assist. I'm absolutely fuming. Haaland captain to me, mate. Haaland captain. captain all season. There's no need to give it anybody else, mate. He's the robot. That's it. Two goals minimum, mate. But yeah. Um, I think it was over by then anyway, wasn't it? It 2-0 and then obviously made it three with a (laughs) nice little link up with Foden. Yeah. I mean, just to touch on that, you said about... um, about the fullbacks, Lindelof went missing. He went into the centre to mark Foden at that time. If you watch it um, from, I think it was the aerial point of view, Harlan just peels the second back. Goal. Unmarked. Yeah, the second goal. He's completely mm. unmarked. And he had a free header into that empty net. Now, Onana had a full Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans peeled off him and just walked forward four yards. That's what happens, though. Totally it's going to be a massive... Because because there's no leadership, there's no there's no like communication or anybody taking responsibility. So obviously, like you said, when plays building up, Haaland, without a shadow of a doubt, is going to be the most dangerous player that can get on the end of that ball. Do you know what I mean? Without a doubt. So he's got to be the first person that's marked when that yeah. cross is coming in, without a shadow of a doubt. So if so if um somebody else who was in front of him, I think it was Rodri, is running in. You've got to just pass him on to the next centre-back. Because like you said, Evans runs in. Maguire runs to the near post. But you've got to tell him that he's coming. Because effectively, like you said, Lindelof just ends up marking no one. Because Rodri runs on Evans. And then Lindelof's not really checking what's behind him. But because he's so focused on marking that player in front of him, instead of saying, instead of checking his shoulder and saying, right, he's coming in, be aware of that so I can mark Haaland, he's just defending square and ball watching. But because no one wants to take responsibility for it, it's like they're waiting for somebody else to like take the lead and tell people where to go. Nobody wants to dig anyone out. And, and that comes from, like, like you said, the lack of leadership, the lack of characters, the manager not creating those characters within the dressing room. And it all has a knock-on effect. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of goals like that until we see some serious changes. And I don't know. I'm running out of like like solutions. I don't know what needs to change. I personally think the manager's needs to change. I don't think it's going to be the only thing that needs changing. Some of these players certainly need, like, digging out and taking responsibility, dropping. I don't know. I mean, like you said, the Sancho situation, he must be just laughing his head off. 
you know what I mean? He must be thinking, well, you bombed me for like putting this social media post on because you want this. Sorry, like we've scored one goal between six attackers and you're playing Bruno on the right and I'm sat at home. Like, like there was no urgency to try and resolve that situation. We need as many bodies as possible. I know you've got to set a precedent with your discipline and stuff, but that's why you have policies and procedures. The policy is you find the player and you get and you get on with it. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he takes the fine, you take the money out of his wages, you say sorry behind the scenes, and you and you and you put up and shut up and you get on with it and you earn your place back. But he's just creating more and more problems with himself. Sancho's not in the team. There's just so many issues just unraveling week by week, and it's getting worse. I think it's getting worse. Okay, but then my thing, I agree with you, Trav. Yeah, yeah. Agreed with you quite a lot today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not liking this. It's not good. I agree with Trav, but where's the director of football in all this? Why are you not clearing the air? What's happening to the football structure above? Why are they not getting involved and saying, you know what? You both are done wrong. Kiss and make up. Yeah. The good of the team. This is where we are at. It's gone too far. Both of you, behind the scenes, just squash it and then get on. We move yeah. on from it. Turn a new page. Just re um, regarding what you said about the Lindelof thing, not marking anyone, he went to mark the shortest person on the pitch, Foden. <laughs> yeah. While you've got the giant behind you the in acres of space, you've, you've decided to mark a guy that doesn't score headers inside mm. the six-yard area when you've got this Nordic giant right behind you waiting to tap <laughs> in. It's, it's oh, no. comedy. I said yesterday... It's a circus at the back, and it literally was. If it wasn't for Onana and props to Maguire, because I thought Maguire was one of the better players. Yeah, I this could have been that. worse. This could have been worse, but Maguire should have been talking at the back. He was the leader last season. So why is he not talking? Varane's another leader. Martinez is another leader. But Varane's in the, on the bench because Ten Hag wanted Grandad at the back. <laughs> Dude. Dude, I literally still can't get my head around Varane being on the bench in that game. I don't get it. I, I literally don't get it. I Start still can't get my head around you signing um, Johnny Evans on a 12-month deal. I, I, I understood Is this really it. happening? I understood it for the first bit, and I just thought, oh, he's training with us. Okay, cool. And then I thought one-month contract because we had all the defenders out. I thought, mm, okay, couldn't. Knew it was coming, didn't you? Shrewd. Yeah, and then one year, and I was like, this guy's not serious. No. This football club's not serious. I think all that the, and I will say it, the Glazers, as long as you're in Champions League and making their money or in Europe, they don't care. And it's reflecting because the footballing side, I mean, why on earth would you sign a 35-year-old Johnny Evans knowing the fact you've got Varane that's going past his best, you've got Casemiro going past his best, Maguire's having a torrid time, Lindelof, oof. He's never been the required standard, Lindelof. He'll make Jelly look strong. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? You've literally got Martinez in the back. That's actually a bit of an animal at the back there. But then the other guys need to back him up. And you've just signed Johnny Evans. And funny thing, Trav, I don't know if you heard the commentary say, um, last time Johnny Evans played um, the Manchester Derby, do you know when it was? Was it when Balotelli and Jacko was there and all that? <laughs> I was going to say 2012 or something. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. And can I say something else that while I'm getting this little rant, it might be going all over the place. He's a scum player then as well. Please, please, please rein me in when you need to. Naz, um, you're a fixture on this poddy now. Everything to do with Man United, right? So it's your poddy. Say what you want. 
Trav, yeah. can you please tell me how long Manchester United this season in the Premier League have been leading for? You stole it from me. I was waiting for my turn to talk. Sorry, sorry. Well, have been bad. leading over the course of the 11 games that we played? Or the yeah, games. not per game, games. in total. In total. How long have we been leading for in the last 10 games? It's going to be less than two games worth of minutes, isn't it? So I'm going to say like 110 minutes or something. Very close. 98 minutes. No. 98 minutes. 29 minutes. No, no, no. 29 minutes. It's 98 in total. 98. That is abysmal. Yeah. That's like one game, eight minutes. We've been in the league. Forest. Wolves. Forest. Brentford. Brentford. We were leading for a while. Well, actually. No, Brentford, we scored Brentford two was last minute. Time. Dallo, Dallo scored with like... Sheffield United, what was that? That was late. Minutes. That was like the 10, ten minutes yeah, no, that was, that was, Yeah, like 10-15 minutes left. It was something like 98 minutes. I think that Naz, was across all games this season. Naz, trust me, yeah. I was waiting to say it. You've been ahead okay. for 29 minutes. Can't be. 10 oh, games. No, think about it. I think about the wins. Them. They were all in stoppage time or late. Wolves, nah, Forest, Forest, we scored, Forest. Forest we, when we beat Forest... Like you were 2 0 down that game. No, we went. You were 2 0 down. I know, but yeah, we went 3 2 with a couple of minutes left. Nah. So you only had no, 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 a couple no. of minutes. It was about 17 minutes or so. With that yeah. one, yeah, yeah so 17 that, minutes there, two minutes in the Wolves game. That's 19 minutes. Um, about 15 minutes Sheffield against, United. Uh, Sheffield United. No, yeah. the, the Wolves game against Wolves, we scored just on the stroke of half time. What, no, no, 15 minutes time, left. 15 minutes no, no, left. No, no, no. scored. Varan scored. It wasn't, it was like 10, 15 minutes left on that one. It's been that bad. We are in, I, don't, I think it's like minus seven now. I think it's minus seven. You so got difference. 11 what games. Well, how many league games we played? 10 in it. We've lost oh, five and won yeah. five. So out of those 10 games, we've been in front for the equivalent of just over a game. That is yep. so bad. Man. Same plus injury time. <laughs> oh, man. like it, It's disgusting. I mean, we can say what we want about hierarchies and that. And, there's a, and there is things that need to change, but it shouldn't be this bad. Like, I don't mm. think it should be this bad. Take the Man City game out of it if you want, if you think they're just far superior to us. All the other teams, Sheffield United, Burnley, Wolves, like, the list is endless. The teams that have just just felt unlucky to not get anything out of the game. Like, we've just been lucky in a lot of those wins, man. Apart from Nottingham Forest, where we played pretty decent after going 2-0 down and we really dug dug deep and played some half-decent football in that game. The rest of the games could arguably have been draws and we could be sat, like, really... We're lucky that we're in the position we are in the in the table. We could quite... E- I mean, I think we're eight. But we could quite easily have been 12th, 13th. Easily. Been I think 12th. that's why, I think what you've just said, I think that's why I'm so shocked that Naz is uh, being so lenient with Ten Hag, still giving him the benefit of the doubt, should we say, Naz, and at least until the we, end of this season. It's because if you look at the whole 15 games in the league, the um, Champions League, oh. and then was there another cup, League Cup? I don't know how you're coming. Yeah, he's gone yeah. in that. Are you still in it? You are, yeah, right? we'll be Crystal Palace three 0 If you look at the whole fifteen yeah. games, it's been abysmal. Oh yeah, I can't think of one game where we've actually been in control. Um, oh, sorry to pull back. 
it has to be 98 minutes because we scored on the stroke of half time against uh, Burnley. I've just checked. Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. So I maybe mean, it meant at Old Trafford then 29 minutes. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. It wouldn't surprise me. But the thing is, we've not been in control in one game. Uh, we've had teams come off and pass us off the park. And that's fair enough if you're going to pass us off the park. But we've got no possession. And when we have possession, we don't do anything with it. Um, the players look lost. You guys yeah. just said it before. Player, the look bench look lost. lost. Look players, lost. There's no direction there. And one other thing that I read was, it can't always be the manager's fault. And I, I'm empathetic towards that because we've had what? Including caretaker managers and interims and whatnot. We've had about seven or eight managers since Fergie left. Mm. And it's been the same thing every single manager. Like, as soon as Jose... Jose had the issues as soon as he came in, but still produced, and then said, second is my greatest achievement, you'll know why. And it kind of works out now. But every manager has had a problem at some point. And it can't always just be the manager and his staff. I do think the players have to take a lot of blame, a lot of blame, because when the chips are down, nobody wants to be to stand up. But then I do think the people above them as well need to take some action and take some pressure off the manager and his coaching staff. I really do believe that. That's why I'm so like, you've got to give this guy a little bit more time. Let him get let him get Martinez, Shaw, some of his regulars that like to overlap. Because like Trav mentioned a couple of weeks back, um, Rashford looks a little bit lost there because he's got nobody overlapping. Shaw does that. Shaw gives him that outlook. So uh, Sorry, the outlook. The, the play out from outball. I think we should yeah. give him, yeah. So we should outball. Sorry, that's my outlook. Um, yes. so I do think we should give him the benefit of the doubt, just let him get those players back and then take it from there. Because at the moment, there's no one out there who can replace him I, that's available. I was going to say I'm going to wear you down as the season goes on, but I don't think I'll have to. I think Ten Hag's going to wear you down and you're going to change your stance uh, in the coming games for sure. I just don't. Uh, see how this is going to get any better. Do you, Trav? No. He's a dead man walking, isn't he? No, like, this is the thing, like, if we're going to give him time, there's got to be a reason we're giving him time. So I'm not seeing, apart from Shaw and Martinez, anyone else that's not in the current team who's injured that's going to come back in and have an impact on what's happening. Like, the, to me, there's nobody else that go, that walks straight back into that team. Because if you think about it, Mason Mount was available today. Varane was available today. Anthony was available today. They, apart from Varane, those two are his signings. Regulon's his signing. Hoyland's his signing. They're all playing today. You've got Wan-Bissaka. You, you're sort of splitting hairs between him and Dallow about who's better, really. The, there's nothing else, really, that I can say will categorically, dramatically change this sequence of events in terms of the way we're playing. And normally you have one facet to your game that's just not on it. So like you either defend excellently and attack not so well, or it's the other way around. You're unbelievable in attack, but you're quite vulnerable. It's very rare for a side to have both elements so broken. And it's, it is broken. That's the only way to put it. We're very easy to play against. And we score about one goal every five games. That there is a recipe for disaster. Now, I just can't put it. I'm not solely blaming the manager. It's the players. It's the whole operation. But as a club, we need to do better. 
like whether that's the Glazers staying in situ and bringing in Sir Jim and he brings in football people and the recruitment gets better. But we've got major issues with the recruitment. We've got major issues with some of the players and we've got major issues with the tactics and the decisions that this manager is making. And he has to change it quick because it's not good. This cannot last long because as a long-term vision, this football that we're playing is not going to win a major trophy. It, it doesn't matter if you keep him for a million years. It just doesn't matter. Like, giving him time just is irrelevant if this football and the way we play isn't going to change. So you can give him three, four years out of principle just because you think that's the right thing to do with a manager. But what I don't want us to do is what we did with Ollie. Like, oh, Ollie, yeah, time, da 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 And then three years down the line, you, you're left with this broken squad that somebody else is trying to pick up. Like, just sort, if the, if you think the manager is the most major thing that you can change, just make the change. Like, whether that's an interim, I don't know. Like, don't ask me what managers to come in. I literally don't know. Just I, don't. steady the ship, basically. Yeah, like, I, I don't, like, I think we, like you said, we spend money on transfers. Spending money on the right manager is just as important. And you've got to go and break the yeah. bank for a manager that you believe is the right man. And if the club think Tenog is still the right man, by all means, stick with it. But there's nothing to suggest that he can take this team forward. And I know some of this team needs to be chopped out as well. But it, I'm just not seeing anything on the pitch. I can't, hand on heart, honestly, watch these football matches and think, yeah, do you know what? With time, this is going to get better. It's going backwards. It's getting worse every game we go along. Like, then that's just not a sustainable thing. Naz, Haaland scored yeah. as many goals as Manchester United, 11. One man scored as many league goals as your whole club. Hoyland needs a league goal mm -hmm. soon, doesn't he? At what point will it start getting in his head if he goes 15, 20 league games without a goal? To be fair, I think, I think he, yeah, 100% he needs a league goal. But what I think, his cushion is at the moment he's scoring goals in the Champions League he's got three he's already got that burden off his back where he hasn't scored a goal but it will be playing in his mind that he needs to get the Premier League goal um, one goal from our eight attacking players in our squad so far in the Premier League that's Rashford that's it one goal and I think it's on average has been about 600 odd minutes across the eight that's not good enough I think as a striker that's going to be in his head already. He's going to take responsibility for the front line not scoring. He's the head, he's a spearhead of that attack. And if he's not scoring, I think he'll take it upon himself to know, I need to score, I need to score. And it'll constantly be in his head. It wouldn't surprise me if it's affecting him already. But I do think it's slightly well, what easier. What, at the chance, what chances did he have today, apart from the one that where City gave it away and he ran through from the halfway line in the first half? What other chances did he have? Nothing, because he's having to make that chance because the midfield can't can't control the ball. So he's dropped deep. Do you remember, I think there was one where he dropped so deep and he took on one defender and tried to run past another and just lost out. Yeah, He's dropping that deep to come pick up the ball. Some people will drop maybe 20 yards outside the box, the opposition box to get the ball. He was running towards the halfway line to try and get it into play. And when he got it there, he ran towards the other end. That shouldn't be happening. The midfield should be there. Ericsson should be playing the ball to him. Our creative midfielder. Bruno Fernandes should be playing that ball. But it's just not because the defence and everyone is so, so deep. 
and they're running around like headless chickens. There's no cohesion between the defense and the midfield. The defense aren't talking to each other where the men are, where their men that they're meant to be marking are. The midfield aren't talking either about who should run forward and who should not. They're either all running forward or they're all back. And then, then this link-up play is broken between the wingers and the striker. There's no think, communication if whatsoever. He loses, if he loses two out of the next three in the league, I think he'll go. I'm I, I'm not even joking. I think he will go. I just I just don't see anything inspiring about these performances. Like you said, there's no real players to come back. Martinez and Shaw. And we don't even know when Shaw's going to be back. He might be gone by the time Shaw comes back. He's not played all season. Mm -hmm. And he, and I think he's he's had a little bit of a setback with his recovery and stuff. Martinez broken foot. He's not even in training. Do you know what I mean? The, the, mm -hmm. These two players that we're saying with the injuries and stuff, and we've got Malassia and stuff. He's a squad player. But like... These players, we don't even know when they're going to come back. Shaw and Martinez, that could be well into the new year. We can't be relying on them, hanging our hat on them coming back and, and changing the, the level of performances. They might not even be back till after Christmas. So I think, like you said, we've got, I think we've got Luton. We've got some winnable games, a couple of the next games in the league. Oh, Fulham next, when, then Luton. Fulham away next, that's not easy. Do you know what I mean? They've just they, they, that's not an easy place to go, Craven Cottage at all. And they'll they'll fancy themselves against United. Marco Silva, they play some half decent stuff there. Like Pereira's there, he'll be wanting to make an impression against United. Like their their tails will be up. And, and like you said, it's a tight pitch. They'll make it nasty. Trust me, Fulham will. Yeah. That'll be a hard game, hard game. So I'm not expecting much from that game if we're not at it. That's not a, a foregone conclusion. Gone con foregone conclusion at all then we've got like Luton and a couple of other games you can't categorically say like man you are going to win that game man you are going to win that game you can't look at the fixtures you just don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. and, I, and I, like you said it's we're in Ten Hag I think after that it's red alert he's in dangerous territory now dangerous this is where the leaders of the team should be standing up and being counted but everyone seems to be shying away Regardless of who it is, Ten Hag might have lost them, Naz. I know what is conceivable, isn't it? Especially like players mm -hmm. like Mason. And all Mount, your leaders right? don't want to step up because they want Ten Hag gone. They might be Sancho's best mate for all you know. But what what must Mason Mount be thinking? Like you signed me for all this money, you're telling me I'm going to be the main man, and I'm not playing against the best teams in the league. Like Man City's just gone now. Like I'm not even starting. And like Hoyland as well. Did you see his face when he came off? He looked vexed. Like yeah. he, he literally he looked vexed. bench. He looked down. Anthony was next to him. I'm starting to see it. They look fed up on their faces as well. The mm -hmm. players look fed up of what's going on. I think like, even uh, Martial and Anthony looked fed up on 85 minutes. 3 nil down and you're making a double substitution of Martial and Anthony. It was at that point that I thought, Ten Hag has got head loss. Mm. Like, he's yeah. broken. I said that earlier. Yeah. I said yeah. that earlier. How are you bringing, you're chasing a game 2 nil at the time. Why not bring in your players on the 55th minute? Because that, they scored in the 48th or 49th. You're chasing the game. You may lose 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 nil. Go for it. Show some fight. But they didn't even show that. And then Ten Hag brings on his second sub in the 70-odd minute. And then you bring in your attacking players in the 85th, 86th minute. The game was done. Half the crowd he was gone. He should have brought off Amrabat. He should have left Amrabat no. on, kept it tight for 10-15, stayed in the game. Well, by scoreline at 1-0. Do you know what I mean? If it's the 65th minute and it's still 1-0, you can nick a point and it you come away from that game 
and it reflects so much better than just getting smashed 3-0. And like you said, you're bringing on two attackers when the game's over. It's just like a token gesture, isn't it? Like, what, what impact did them subs have? Absolutely nothing. It's just taking the mick out of the players, mate. It's just taking them in. Everything just keeps pointing to Ten Hag, doesn't it? Um, it's nearly been an hour and YouTube's broken. There's not been anyone watching. Uh, I've got my phone here. It's just a black screen. I was trying to watch Man United... Um, match reactions before I come on see what other people are saying it's like YouTube is basically broken but Man, you are broken to, YouTube. they've broken the internet they've broken <laughs> the internet Harland has broken the internet um, but just what I want to end on probably more for Naz because he's more pro uh, Ten Hag giving him the benefit of the doubt if you do keep Ten Hag Naz what's going to happen in the summer let's say let's say you finish eighth Um. You don't do well in the Champions League because it's horrendous. You're not going to. Let's be honest. You're not going to do anything this season. What do you do in the summer? You cannot give them another 200 million. Can you? Um, 600 million in um, three summers? Doesn't there come a point where you're like flogging a dead horse and you're better off with a fresh manager? There's your 200 million. I'm going to go down the political route. Scott, I believe that I said up until the end of this season, I never said anything beyond that. (laughs) 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 I just, it has to so be even just, if he wins the like, FA Cup, he'll get bombed like Louis van Gaal. Yeah, to be fair, if he wins the FA Cup and he, the Glazers, for instance, they always end up sacking players, uh, sorry, sacking managers when it's absolutely out of their reach of the Champions League. And I still think that they'll do that. I still think, wait and see what happens until the end of the month with Ten Hag. I'm not hopeful of what happens in the summer at all. I haven't even thought about that. I'm just concentrating on if we're getting to Christmas and we're still going to be in the top half of the table at the moment. <laughs> so that that's the worrying thing. So I wouldn't say, I'm not even thinking about next season or next summer at the moment because 200, 300, 400 million. No, no, it, it can't happen. It can't happen. It shouldn't happen, especially if we're just wasting money how it is. We can't do that. So I don't think I it should. brother. Wait, I'm looking at the league table now, yeah. The top... Yeah. The top eight. How have you lost the last game or we've, two in your eighth? We've, you were not, played, we've not played West Ham. They're ninth. They're just a point below us. We've not played Newcastle. We've not played Villa. And we've not played Liverpool. They're in. They're, they're four, fifth and sixth, respectively. So we've still not played, like, five teams in the top ten still. And we've and those that you them. have played, you've been beat by Spurs, beat by Arsenal, beat by Man City... Beat by Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. So they will beat us. Like, and then, like you said, we've not even played Chelsea. They're in a little bit of a false position as well because they're actually playing some half-decent stuff. The results haven't been great, but they're actually playing some half-decent stuff. We've already lost to Palace. They're 13th. It's just the the writing's on the wall, man. It's going to be tough. Like you said, we've still got some big games left. This side of Christmas, we've still got some big games. We've got Liverpool to play. I think they're in December. Newcastle to play. Like, it, it's going to be really tough, bro. Really our next tough. five games, sorry, our next six games, five of them are away. We can't do anything at oh home. We can't do anything away. <laughs> yeah. We've got Newcastle, and I think then, I think a week later or two weeks later, it's Liverpool. And Liverpool's on the 13th. We've got the, ne- what? Yeah, so we've got Newcastle yeah. in the court, Fulham away. Everton away. Yeah. Liverpool are not to this. Everton have just beat December. West Ham as well today. Then Newcastle yeah. away in the league. Chelsea at home. 
it, then Liverpool, it's just it's rife. And then Bayern, <laughs> Bayern Munich sandwiched in between them two. Yeah. I think he knows. He knows he's going to struggle to get out of that period, mate. It's going to be a miracle if he, he knows he's dusted. Right, lads, mm-hmm. I got to shoot. That's been an hour, but we've got so much more to talk about. I don't know if we're going to do a midweek one to really delve into an hour thing, mate. I, I could have stripped that right back, mate. Probably uh, <laughs> a preview to the film game. We'll just open it right up and. Uh, I think we could probably go on for another hour. There's so much to go through, but I've got to shoot and pick up my boy. Um, cheers for joining, lads, fronting it up. Yeah, uh, it's been an ace poddy. You two speak so well. And obviously, the best poddies are in adversity when your team's in the mud. I went through the whole of last season, ranting and raving. I had uh, OB, my Liverpool, Liverpool mate. We were arguing and disagreeing. and Marmite, mate. This is Marmite. This is the thickest it can be, mate. Right, nice one. Cheers, see lads. Cheers, lads, boys. Yeah, see you later. But you're... Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! <laughs>